0: Welcome to the Nintendo Fusion Podcast, a podcast that fuses past, present, and future Nintendo thought. I'm David, accompanied by my friend Jordan. Now, Jordan, if you had asked someone maybe three years ago a, to tell a funny joke about Pikmin, what what do you think it would have been? Pikmin Four, am I right? <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> Though, at what point is it a funny joke uh, rather than something that would make us cry? <laughs> I think at that
1: point, it was long enough that it was a joke, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we, we were told that Pikmin 4 is in development. Where is it? It was never coming, and it didn't come. But anyway, uh, this week, we're kind of continuing on our discussion about Pikmin. You know, it's kind of funny. We were a Zelda podcast for like a month or so there, right? <laughs> with a couple of our episodes. <laughs> well, well, now we're a Pikmin <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> we're already caught up on Zelda episodes with Pikmin.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we We actually did not...
1: Uh, make as many Zelda episodes as we were expecting because we had a bunch of like trips and stuff. And...
0: Yeah, so we got we got a little busy uh, the month of May and middle of June. But well, we'll get back to the Zelda stuff. We still have to do our really long episode about uh, Tears of the Kingdom and review it. Though Jordan still hasn't finished the game, <laughs> right?
1: I am very slow. I am two dungeons in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who that's one more than our like <laughs> big dungeon episode that we recorded like almost two months ago <laughs> yeah i
1: decided i'm going to kind of savor it um zelda games don't come out very often so i'm just not going to blitz through and i'm also really slow with open world games because i kind of just want to go and see everything that i'm not supposed yeah. to see yet and then go follow the main path
0: i think that's a very fun way to play through it I blitzed through it because I just wanted to know how the story went and so that I wouldn't be spoiled because I'm in too many communities where somebody would be bound to spoil something. But I've also taken a break, you know, I'm still haven't cleared all of the side quests, definitely haven't gotten all the Koroks, but anyway, we're, we're not here to really talk about Zelda, um, but know that that episode is still coming. We know you're probably eager to hear what we have to say about the game in as a whole. Um, but today we wanted to continue talking about uh, Pikmin because in our last episode we talked about Pikmin One and a little bit about uh, you know some of the things that are upcoming in Pikmin Four. But today we wanted to talk about Pikmin Two since that got its re-release on the Switch with the HD uh, collection or individual releases. However, you manage to pick up the games on the Switch while also kind of framing it in a bit of the context of should Nintendo release more GameCube games in this HD style, because as we mentioned in the last episode, Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 2 for the Switch, while HD and Nice have had their textures updated and whatnot, they're really just emulated GameCube slash Wii copies that have had improvements made to them similar to the Mario 20 or 35th anniversary collection. So I think we'll start first by talking about Pikmin 2 and what we love about it most, and then we'll transition into that. How's that sound, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah okay so jordan what made pikmin 2 different why is it not like pikmin 1
1: so pikmin 2 rather than like 30 days to find 30 ship parts um focuses on collecting treasure and just becoming like as rich as possible so uh the story being that olimar brings a bottle cap back from earth uh as a gift for his son and they find out that that's worth a lot of money and olimar's like yeah like Earth is polluted with so much junk. (laughs) So they go on a a treasure hunt to Earth.
0: And they go on the treasure hunt because the president of their company is in insane debt. So he's like, go pay off my debts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. And so the big gimmick of this game uh, is that you get two captains, uh, which is actually pretty useful um, just for the simple fact that you can like have some Pikmin work on a task and then leave a captain there and then just run off with the other Pikmin and do something else. Yeah. I think it's a lot more fun that way. I'm really hoping Pikmin 4
0: has more captains. I I do too, because like I mentioned last week, that's one of my favorite things to do in Pikmin is to be able to control multiple captains and try to be as multitasky efficient as possible.
1: Yeah, it definitely increases the complexity, but it's also not like forced complexity if you don't want yeah. to use the multiple captains, you don't have to. Like, you can just have them kind of tag around.
0: <laughs> yeah, they can be in your squad, and who cares? You
1: could just leave one captain back at base and have him be solely just uh, plucking Pikmin out of the ground. <laughs>
0: yep. Though so I don't think they auto-pluck Pikmin no, they don't. right away. Unfortunately. That was such a nice feature that they added in three of yeah. the multiple <laughs> captains. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're right, and... As part of that gimmick, you you collect all of these treasures and it's just a little bit more fun than Pikmin One, where you have all of those random ship parts that are definitely alien and weird, all with the exception of like the spring and the flotation device or whatever. Like those are clearly based on human objects, but um Pikmin 2, it's like definitely just random treasures from Earth. You know, Pikmin One kind of insinuates that this is Earth, um, that Olimar lands on. But it's not, like, 100% clear and confirmed. Pikmin 2, like, literally confirms it because one of the first treasures you actually get is half of a globe of the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this has to be Earth. I mean,
1: this, this game has a lot of product placement in it. You literally pick up a yeah. Duracell battery,
0: so... <laughs> that they reskinned in this HD re-release. Oh, did they? I, yeah.
1: I didn't notice...
0: Yeah, the very first treasure is that battery, and it's not Duracell. It's just like they made it look as generic as possible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember on the GameCube version, it was just there was so much product placement. So did they change that for the Wii version?
0: I don't remember.
1: It's funny because like, I I did just play through the HD version, and I, and I didn't even notice that the, the product placement was gone. I just assumed it was still there.
0: It looks like... So US and PAL... Uh, they had the Duracell batteries and Japan, they did like a national, uh, Neo or high top battery type. And as far as I can tell the, those are the types of batteries that we got in the US, uh, version, this HD re-release. I don't know. There are like a ton of different texturing differences, but it looks like the Pikmin wiki hasn't documented all of the differences between, uh, all of them or between the switch version. Oh, wait, uh. I just found a picture of the logo. It is... It's literally just a super generic, and it's called Super Battery Electric Power. Yeah, it's not even the Japanese ones from before, so completely replaced. Anyway, lots of product placement in the game, but they replaced some of it. I I just sent you a picture of it, Jordan. That's what the battery looked like. That's the new one, right? That's the new one.
1: (laughs) Super Battery. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But what Pikmin 2 also added, beyond just... Kind of changing up the premise to not be focused on a limited number of days, is and adding that new captain and getting treasures, but they also added these caves, right? And caves are pretty much like universally the most favorite thing about Pikmin Two in the community. Is that right?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say universally. There's a lot of controversy (laughs) around caves. It's it's a love it or hate it sort of uh, system. I'm on the love it side. I really love caves. But I have some friends who vehemently hate <laughs> caves, and they are very, very upset uh, that caves are returning Pikmin 4.
0: Yeah, but caves are so good. There's a little bit of that pseudo-randomness. So Pikmin was getting in on the, um, the roguelite <laughs> genre before roguelite became super popular, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there was not that many roguelikes by that point. Um, you had rogue you had nah not a lot actually you had the mystery dungeon <laughs> series before pokemon picked it up was uh-huh. i don't know if pokemon mystery dungeon was out by that point but yeah um it was, yeah I, I struggle to think like any 3d procedurally generated games before pikmin th- before pikmin 2 there was yeah, probably I can't some out there either. but i can't none of that come to mind it was definitely a different approach
0: Yeah, well, and even some of the music is random. I don't know if you knew that. Um, In each floor, different pieces of the music are emphasized and stitched together differently as part of the randomness. Oh, I didn't notice that, no. That's why it's, like, so weird and ethereal, is it's designed to also be that random weirdness, uh, like the rest of the cave. Yeah. So, um, and to be fair, the randomness in the caves isn't that random. You know, it's... Like the same number of hallways, same number of or mostly the same number of enemies, definitely the same number of treasures on each floor, but they can be stitched together and rearranged in particular ways to add that level of randomness. I think so that it's different.
1: I think it's always the same amount of enemies. So, like, I think they have a select number of objects. Um, uh, yeah. And then, like, it generates the rooms. and It's like this is the number of rooms. This is the number of hallways. And then just place um enemies and objects in certain areas and we expect them to be in like these kind of like areas so like we want this one behind the 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 wall or like the removable wall that you can destroy with pikmin or something
0: right so yeah it's not just pure random so you can at least look forward to that and that helps the speedrunners too because they know more or less what to expect on each floor.
1: You can still get screwed by ran- randomness though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> there there were a few where like as soon as I entered the floor, um in like the spawning zone, I'm immediately getting attacked by enemies. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's not good.
1: <laughs> and so like if you reset, like if you like close the game and jump back in, um it always loads or randomizes like upon like startup. So um it saves between floors. And so like if you reset and then go back to the and then boot back up, it's going to be a different random floor than than previously.
0: Yeah. So it it's really nice that way. (laughs) Like if you get really screwed over, just reset the game and you're fine. And I just I think it's really exciting because the caves add a different level of difficulty because you cannot replenish your Pikmin, except in a couple of very rare cases where you can get bulbmen, (laughs) right? The little tiny guys that are bull bears that or actually yeah. Pikmin somehow? Um,
1: <laughs> There's also a few flowers where you can throw one Pikmin into it, and it will spit out like eight.
0: That's right. Yeah, I forget about those. Um, I in my playthrough of the HD version, I haven't gotten that far. I've played through a good number of caves, but I haven't gotten to some of the hardest ones. Um, and
1: they get pretty hard.
0: Yeah, they they definitely do. Like one of the ones that is in my mind like the hardest, besides perhaps the final like end game or post game dungeon or cave is the one with the water wraith (laughs) yes
1: submerged (laughs) castle is terrifying
0: (laughs) it's one of the scariest places in all of pikmin like and i'm not even joking
1: yeah it's not that bad if you're not trying to win 100 percent the game but if you're trying to get every single treasure um the gimmick of that dungeon is after you've been on a floor for five minutes um and like an unbeatable boss shows up with like steamrollers and just (laughs) rolls over and kills everything.
0: (laughs) It's terrifying. And I love it. Like, and it's one of the funnest bosses to fight once you get to the final floor because then you can kill it. And it's super interesting how you have to work your way around that. But man, doing that dungeon is just always like heart racing. You're like, (laughs) I have to do this efficiently or else I am going to get steamrolled.
1: Literally. (laughs) Oh, the worst is when he spawns inside your base. So, like, I I had some Pikmin carrying stuff back to base, and as soon as they got to back to base, and both my captains weren't in the base, he spawned inside my base and just, like, slaughtered all of them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So sad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Plus, there's, like, some interesting lore that, um, if you read the Piclopedia about it, kind of connects into Pikmin 3 a little bit, and... It's just some weird stuff man the enemies in pikmin are so weird you're just like what is going on with some of these descriptions but anyway a little bit more about like the caves i also really appreciate how when you enter a cave um it tells you the majority of the different obstacles you'll have to fight like oh you need fire resistance here you need the water You need poison resistance. And the new one in Pikmin 2, the electricity resistance. Uh, They finally gave yellow Pikmin another purpose besides just being able to fly super high and carry bombs.
1: (laughs) I think they... You don't see as many bombs in Pikmin 2.
0: No, you don't. Definitely not. Uh, There aren't that many bombable walls either.
1: Yeah. And, like, electricity is a bit unfair because it's the only one that just kills Pikmin on contact.
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: all the other all the other like dangers you can whistle them out of it um yeah so like electricity is by far the most terrifying one <laughs> which is yeah. a big problem for like one of the bosses where he has <laughs> all the elemental types and all the like yep. guides online are just like just enter the dungeon with 80 yellow pikmin and <laughs> try to clear the rest of the, uh, the obstacles with like
0: 10 pikmin <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's how i did that one um back when i played it the first time i mean it's crazy fortunately in pikmin 3 they rebalanced the electricity so that they it isn't an insta kill it's much like the uh other elements where you can just whistle them if you're fast enough yeah it knocks them to the ground
1: and they're kind of stunned for a bit yeah right
0: yeah and i think i don't know if it actually kills them i think it can If they're like shocked for too long while they're stunned on the ground. Um, But I don't know. It's been a while since I remember getting a red Pikmin shocked in Pikmin 3.
1: Yeah. There's also so many enemies. Like whenever there's electricity (laughs) on the map. There are so many enemies where they don't like actually kill Pikmin. They just try to like maneuver Pikmin around the map. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like walk over to this electric gate.
1: Like they'll have like these enemies that like whistle and like it overrides your command to the Pikmin and the Pikmin will follow them and they'll just run it. They're programmed to run into electricity. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty unfair, but it's also one of the fun parts.
1: Yeah, well, like I said in the last episode, my favorite part about Pikmin is watching Pikmin die. So.
0: <laughs> You're so terrible. <laughs> I feel so bad hearing them scream.
1: <laughs> I just like uh, there being consequences in games. It makes it feel um, better when you like overcome the, like the trial.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. But yeah, besides the the three returning Pikmin, you know, your staples are the red, blue, and yellows introduced in the first game. Pikmin 2 also introduced white and purple Pikmin. Which white and purple are still like my favorite colors, period, out of all of the different Pikmin that we have have had in games, including like the ones that we've seen for Pikmin 4. Um, purple Pikmin are just really big and chunky, and they can carry 10 times their the weight of a normal Pikmin, and they stun enemies when you throw them on top <laughs> of them, which is so good. And white Pikmin are just super fast and resistant to poison, and they're just awesome little dudes.
1: Yeah, I so, do wish they increased the speed of purples. I, under, I don't know if they needed the nerf.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I really like purple and white. My biggest issue with them is that the only way to get purple and white Pikmin is by uh, converting red, yellow, and blue into them with uh, specified yep. flowers in dungeons. So yep. it takes a really long time to mass an army of them. Uh, which just kind of incentivizes you to just never use them in combat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which early game, I definitely don't. I feel so bad when a purple Pikmin dies. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I was just using you to stun them for a minute.
1: Just, yeah. You have to like protect the purple Pikmin with like everything you can.
0: <laughs> Yellow or whites. It's fine for the white ones to die. Um, but well, and if the white ones die, don't they poison the enemies? That eat them?
1: <laughs> they are ingested, if they're crushed, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's true. Um,
0: yeah I wish they had onions I just I, really I just
1: wish I could have armies of white pikmin because they're so fast <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're, you know they're the speedrunners dream yeah, yeah they're super quick they're not super effective in combat reds are still the most powerful from just like attacking with their heads when they latch onto an enemy but they're so fast that and having an army of them would still take down pretty much anything pretty quickly yeah I
1: will admit there were a few enemies at some of the later caves um Whereas it's just like I don't, I don't want to fight this with my pigment army. I'm just going to grab three whites and throw them out as dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, it works. It works. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, every cave, I'd also make sure to bring at least ten pick or white pigment with me. Um, yeah, just so that they could grab invisible treasure.
0: Yes, that's super important. The caves don't warn you about the invisible treasures, and only the white ones can sniff them out and dig them up. Yeah. So they're they're very important. <laughs> but, I mean, I really do wish that they had onions. It's kind of a shame, especially... Well, I get why they did it. They needed to balance it because purple Pikmin are incredibly powerful and the white Pikmin would just sweep through early game if you could just make a ton of them all at once because they're <laughs> I just think, so fast. I think
1: white is really powerful. I don't think purple would be that bad if you had a lot of them, to be honest. Well,
0: yeah, but... The fact that you can throw them and if they have any amount of height and they stun lock an enemy, if you just keep launching them at them, uh, it's a lot. Um, But you do if you're going for 100 percent, not if you're just playing the game casually, you do need to have at least 100 purple Pikmin in the end game. Yeah. Late post game.
1: (laughs) You need to get one treasure. And luckily, by the time I got to the treasure, I had exactly 100 Pikmin by the time I finished all the dungeons. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the first time i played through the game i did not <laughs> so. i
1: refused to let any pikmin die and there was one dungeon oh yeah it was a submerged castle i had to do the submerged <laughs> castle three times because i missed the treasure <laughs> twice i don't know how i missed it the second time <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is the worst one to have to go back and redo yeah,
0: because um, even when you beat the boss at the very end, he still comes back yeah, every time you re-enter. Yeah,
1: it. like on my second uh go through, I was like, oh, I beat the boss. I don't need to worry about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. he got me in a really bad position because of that. It's like, oh, oh crap, oh
0: dang, yeah. But I, I just think that two has some of the the best design choices. I think that it's nice that I don't have to worry about the timer too much. You do when you're collecting overworld treasures, but you know, not having that day limit makes it much more approachable to just kind of have fun and play through the dungeons. Because honestly, like the caves, we keep calling them dungeons. <laughs> the caves are definitely the meat of the game. You spend the most time down in the caves if you're 100 percenting in the game. So, yeah, I think
1: uh, 100% of the game by day 12. Um, and that's yeah, entirely because uh, time is frozen when you're in the caves.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of nice, but I get why people are upset about that. But, like, how, how would you handle the timer going down in the cave? Some of the caves get incredibly long. Oh, yeah. Um, oh,
1: yeah. Like, but, I think they get up to 14 floors, I want to say, is the longest one. Yeah. To be fair, but hey, the 14-floor ones are, like, post-game.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. But, I mean, if you really want to have the time limit um, inside a cave-like area... That's really what the challenge levels are for, especially in Pikmin 2. I haven't played through most of them, but they are designed to be, you have a time limit and you only have a certain number of Pikmin, good luck, have fun. And I really appreciate that. It helps the the people that like to have that timer just looming over their heads. Um, I know it's not in the main story, but it's still another way to experience the cave-like areas with, uh, with a timer.
1: Um, Pikmin 2 also introduced a lot of new enemies. I think enemy design is way better in Pikmin 2 than... Definitely.
0: Oh, absolutely. There were a lot more spiders for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, my favorite enemy in the entire Pikmin franchise, which was in the overview trailer for Pikmin 4, so I'm very excited, is the spider that they gave a gun.
0: (laughs) 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 They just took a spider and attached a gun to it. (laughs) Uh, it looks awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, they added the like elemental spiders that can also carry away enemy corpses. That makes it annoying to chase after yeah. them. And then when they die, they just spit out all of their elemental energy. And you're just like, if, oh,
1: if you want a okay. hint on what to do with those run immediately under them. And then just spam throw Pikmin because they'll always <laughs>
0: yeah, they'll always hit.
1: They'll always hit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, they're they're good. I liked how they extended the Bulborb family even further, um, giving us the Bulborb Queen or Empress, I guess, because you have the Emperor Bulbax in the first game as your final boss, yeah. and then like the second boss in the entirety of Pikmin Two in one of the caves is just this gigantic worm Bulborb, and that's the Queen <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I do
1: like the Queen. I think that fight's pretty. Uh, she just
0: rolls around a lot, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, and
1: spawns a whole bunch of <laughs> zombie bulb orbs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's great. Where uh, if you
1: like go through that room really slowly, you'll just get overwhelmed by enemies because it's constantly <laughs> spawning them. Yeah. Um, you need to just blitz through it as fast as you can.
0: And then, of course, you have the electric beetles that are awful if you don't have any yellow pigment. <laughs> Where... Two of them. If they charge up, they make like an electric gate between them that will just kill everything that yeah. walks through them if they're not yellow.
1: <laughs> yeah, electricity is really terrifying. Um, the other monsters that are really terrifying are the ones that generate bombs and then throw them at oh, you. Oh yeah!
0: Oh my gosh, those are the worst because bombs are honestly more terrifying in Pikmin Two than in Pikmin One. Because <laughs> sometimes you'll be walking around in a cave and a bomb will just fall from the ceiling and you're just like, oh my gosh, I just told my Pikmin to do something right now. Hurry, whistle them up. <laughs> Get back here!
1: There's this one fish White. enemy that, like, as soon as you spawn in the map, it will run straight to you at your base, and will just start yeah. shooting bombs.
0: <laughs> I had forgotten about that one. Yeah, that one's that one's something. Um, they added multiple types of frogs too. Yeah, uh, I think frogs are
1: more terrifying in this game than in the first game. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> the silver ones kill so many Pikmin.
0: They're so fast, <laughs> like. There were silver frogs in the first game, but they weren't nearly as fast. And yeah, just lots of really good enemies, lots of really great bosses. You know, we talked about the Water Wraith. I think that that's just one of the most memorable bosses in the entirety of the series, especially for me. Plus, it was so influential that they based the final boss in Pikmin 3 off of it, the Gold Wraith.
1: Yeah, Um, there's a lot of like theories that that's like kind of like a recurring character in the Pikmin games, because it was also one of the, and embosses in pikmin one right in a way
0: uh kind of like it it's very similar but it more takes on the form of the the gold wraith in the beginning because the gold wraith transforms in pikmin three into the upright form that matches the water wraith the most so yeah there is a theory that it's like it's the same being but i don't know it's a theory i have a fan Again. theory
1: for um pikmin oh okay so this is earth right uh-huh possibly post-apocalyptic earth right yeah my theory for the reason why it's post-apocalyptic is because someone decided to give the spiders guns i don't understand why they would.
0: <laughs> well now you have proof because there is a spider with a gun in this <laughs> last trailer <laughs> yeah the spider. well and like the true final boss is basically a spider with all sorts of yeah, crazy yeah. tech the final <laughs> boss is a spider with
1: five guns or four guns
0: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i also just wanted to mention that final cave is so hard <laughs> <too>. <laughs> it really is
1: yeah the last three caves are all really really difficult um i think submerged k ca- castle is definitely the hardest one in like the main game and then like once you get to like the the amount like you get to pay off your debt with treasure um you unlock the final zone and it's a very very difficult zone uh one of the most difficult in pikmin probably the most <laughs> yeah. difficult zone in, Pik- in the pikmin yeah. franchise
0: <laughs> probably yeah
1: um and it has three caves in it and they are very long and very combat focused and very unfair like there are moments where it's just <laughs> like the games like you're still playing all right, like we'll just keep throwing things at you.
0: <laughs> You're gonna have to fight eight gigantic bull bears that are on fire in the <laughs> yeah. same room. Yeah.
1: We'll just put two <laughs> emperor blackses in the same room with water everywhere and bombs.
0: <laughs> it's so good though. Like, seriously, Pikmin 2 just rewards you for like learning how the game works. And again, you don't have to finish the entire thing 100%. It's just a fun challenge, you know. The game. Is done pretty quick, like in Pikmin uh, 1, if you're just going for a kind of casual playthrough.
1: It's definitely a lot longer than Pikmin 1.
0: Well, I mean, getting just a thousand um, or ten thousand money isn't that long. It's a little bit longer than Pikmin 1, I would say, yes, but I don't know. Yeah,
1: I think getting to ten thousand money, it so the amount of days, it feels like less time than pikmin one just because like right there's not as much but the of a time the right.
0: total amount of gameplay time is probably more yeah
1: i feel like it's because you're down in the caves it's it's yeah it's a good amount like you're in the caves for a good amount of time it also depends yeah. on like which treasure you go for
0: yeah yeah i agree with that um based on what i've played so far though i will say like i think i just like with pikmin one i still prefer playing the wii version with the motion controls. Simply because I still felt like I had so much more control over where my cursor could go without having to move Olimar at the same time. But I th- I think that Pikmin 2 HD is incredibly pretty still. It's just like the HDification of one. And I really enjoy it. And I think that if you have any interest in the Pikmin series, like picking up these games is really worth it. Um you save 10 bucks with the dual pack. Right. And that's really cool that they did that yeah they didn't have to do that
1: <laughs> i think so i never played it with the motion controls uh, i never got it for the wii um and even then i still like i said in the last episode i still think i prefer gamecube controls just because i like having uh more free reign control with the like the c stick i don't like it yeah. moving my camera around uh <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird thing to say um, but I feel like the game was made with just being able to like, uh, fix the camera by pressing L and that's all I really need. And I, I really just want to be able to control my Pikmin, especially in s- when some of the combat gets pretty heated.
0: Yeah. I, I can agree with that. Especially in two, you don't want to be moving your camera around very much in two when you're fighting things, but I do appreciate being able to move the camera around freely, um, left and right. I think that's a nice feature. Right. I just wish that but, they would
1: swap yeah. the purpose of L1. Um, so that when you hold L1, that's when you can move the camera around. Yeah. Or at least give me the option to switch, switch (laughs) the two.
0: (laughs) Right. And they didn't have the free cam in the Wii version either. You had to center the camera constantly with, I think the C button on the nunchuck.
1: (laughs) Options are good. Nintendo, please start putting them in Metroid Prime 4 or Metroid Prime was amazing because you gave us so many options (laughs) for controls.
0: Yeah, It, it would, it'd be great. And it's not like you can go and use the button mapping feature to just switch buttons. Like maybe if there was something to be like <laughs> you, you press the L button to toggle it instead or something like that. But oh yeah. That, no. would, that would also be really good. But anyway, I, I think that Pikmin two is well worth getting it. You know, we're, we've gushed about this game quite a bit and we talked about Pikmin one and we will definitely be talking about Pikmin four after that releases. But now I kind of wanted to pose the question, Jordan, now that we've, played through or at least i've mostly played through the second one but you've played through both of these do you want to see nintendo do more of these gamecube hdifications that are basically just ports that have been emulated and upscaled
1: yes absolutely um like as much as much fun as it is to play them on like traditional hardware uh, because there's not like a whole lot, lot of work put into these games trying to like run like GameCube games on HD TVs is not the best experience. You got like a bit of lag and all that stuff and Yeah. So having a port to an HD system that like operates. <laughs> I like it. I don't have a CRT TV for my old GameCube games. Um, like we were talking about doing Pikmin episodes back in March because we knew Pikmin 4 was coming out. And we were talking about uh playing through Pikmin back then, and the reason why I didn't continued pushing forward with it was because I didn't like the way like my GameCube was running on my TV, and to the point where it's just like I don't even want to play this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I get that. So I was pretty excited when we got these.
0: Yeah, I'd have to dig out my Wii or GameCube from like somewhere in my garage because it's just in storage right now. So I'm I'm in the same boat. It's really nice to have these games on the Switch. And, you know, even if they are fairly low effort, you know, when it comes to the ports themselves, they still look really good and the gameplay is really smooth and I didn't notice any sort of input lag. Um, Maybe some of the speedrunners noticed something, but I haven't really paid attention uh, to see what they were saying about that. And it's just really nice to just have them on this portable system like that's one of the great things about the Switch is it just has so many options and so many games that you can play and you can play them on your TV or you can play them on the go and it's just it's nice to see that Nintendo's adding those GameCube games. I really think that having Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 2 released this way along with Metroid Prime uh remastered several months ago is a really good sign that Nintendo is not just thinking about giving us the games for virtual console or whatever, but actually putting a little bit of care and attention into the GameCube. I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that, uh, the GameCube games are typically still very good looking, uh, even in today's standards, most of them have aged very well. And I think just doing this same type of treatment is plenty to give us the games. And I, I appreciate it. I like that Nintendo's keeping them about 30 bucks or in the case of the dual pack, $50 for both. That's really promising to me, and i I hope that we get a lot more. Yeah, the Metroid soon.
1: Prime was forty dollars, but there was more work put into it than these ones. Um, I do feel like like game preservation is just really nice, especially with Nintendo and like how so many of their brands are built like upon like previous entries. Um, yeah, it would be really nice to get Fire Emblem eventually.
0: Oh yes, especially. Both the GameCube and Wii One, like we need Ike's story, yeah. they are so hard to get a hold of.
1: And you were saying this was uh, an emulation of the Wii version, so we, we we and we also saw the emulation of Mario Galaxy, so yeah, getting some of those Wii games would be nice too. Uh, emulating Wii would probably be a bit more work for some of the games, but not for Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem was, I don't think there's any motion <laughs> controls in that game,
0: no, no, if anything. I don't even think they use the pointer at all in those games, no. did they?
1: No, they were designed to turn the remote sideways to, to play like uh, the original yeah. NES games.
0: Cool. Easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> Fire Emblem doesn't need motion controls anyway. Like, no.
1: And those are my favorite a, Fire Emblem games. So I would really love to see Path of Radiance. Um, F-Zero is always talked about. I, it would be a very good way to gauge interest in F-Zero.
0: Yep, definitely.
1: Especially if they can give it a bit more work where they give it online features.
0: I mean, I'd love to see Chibi Robo. I think that that would be an awesome game to bring back. I I love that stinky little robot. And they (laughs) gave us the game on the 3DS and they were like, it's a platformer now. And we're like, that's not what made Chibi Robo great. (laughs) Like, come on. Jimmy Robo is a fun little game. It's about collecting all sorts of things and, and a little bit of platforming. And I want to see them do the same thing with, like you were saying with F-Zero, like gauge interest in the series and bring it back. Because I think we mentioned this in last week's episode where it's like the GameCube era was really liberal on different IPs and different experiments with Nintendo, where they just did some super wacky things. And some of them have stuck and some of them have not really ever seen a return. And I'd love for Chibi Robo to come back. I mean, it could be an opportunity for them to give us Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door again. Um, gauge interest in the original series because or I say original series, like the, the better games in the series, <laughs> because I swear like the director of Super Mar- or Paper Mario right now is like, we didn't even know fans cared about the old games or whatever.
1: I don't think that was the director. I think that was one of the PR people. Oh really? Yeah, they were well there it, there
0: was definitely somebody, right? Yeah,
1: it was an interview with like I think Game Explain, like almost 10 years ago. <laughs> where yeah. they where they said, uh, are we ever going to get a remake for Thousand Year Door? And the PR person was like, What people want that? Um, <laughs> uh, which definitely made Nintendo look a bit out of touch. Um yeah, but so that brings up brings up the question. Would you rather have a remake of Thousand Year Door and Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, or these HD ports?
0: So I would say I would rather have the HD port for Fire Emblem, and I would rather have a remake for um, Paper Mario. Simply because I think that the HD full blown remakes for Fire Emblem are best suited for the old NES games, so that we can get those stories told.
1: Because the these both these games are often brought up into like the the remake discussion. Um
0: yes. But I think that I would rather the Fire Emblem team focus on remaking some of the older Fire Emblem stories in like a full beautiful new type of game kind of like Echoes did. Um and then Thousand Year Door would get the remake. So the the GameCube Fire Emblem would just be the nice HD port and then Thousand Year Door would be an HD remake. But at this point, I also just want Thousand Year Door to be re-released on Switch in any form, and I feel like the game is pretty enough that all they would have to do is do some upscaling of the original art that they made for the game anyway, and just slot that in instead. So I, I think it'd be really doable.
1: So I think my answer is the opposite. I would rather have the HD port of Thousand Year Door and the remake of Path of Radiance, because Path mm-hmm. of Radiance is a much more cinematic game, and it'd be really fun to see uh, yeah. that kind of. Um, be re- reworked on. Um
0: and that's a very good point.
1: They could definitely make I it mean, a lot more because there's there's a lot of downtime that are just like text scrawls are of uh in in Path of Radiance. And it'd be pretty fun to like convert a lot of those like text cutscenes into actual cutscenes.
0: Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Especially with like the full voice acting like we've been getting in um Fire emblem Engage. Yeah. And three houses where like everything is voice acted.
1: And then my big concern about Thousand Year Door Remake is we we just had an episode where we were complaining about how we finally got Mario RPG remake and they didn't like yeah, true. do it full justice.
0: I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. think Nintendo
1: <laughs> has a good handle on um letting like not like intelligent systems is still a first party studio, but even being a first party studio, they're not like core nintendo so they're not allowed to do that creative of things with mario and we saw with mario rpg that it doesn't matter that it's a remake they're still going to kind of like give that corporate look to it in a way
0: yeah okay that's a good point plus like i was saying i don't think it would be too hard to replace the sprites in paper mario with hd versions um i'm sure they have an archive of the original art that they drew because they're not like sprites you know like the 16-bit sprites that you get they're actually like drawn characters i think the
1: best thing we could get from paper mario is if it was the same level of remastering as
0: prime yeah 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 okay I, i i agree with that that's what i want
1: i wouldn't want like a complete rework of the engine
0: yeah good point because if they reworked the engine, they would probably end up recreating the combat in the style of um, Origami King. And I would hate that so much. <laughs> yeah, they
1: would do something that fans wouldn't like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, beyond those games, like, I just I just want to see more of the GameCube games that I grew up with and loved. Just get the attention on Switch, especially the more obscure series or the ones that haven't had games in a long time. You know, like F-Zero, uh, Chibi-Robo. um, and I'm sure there are plenty of others that are, just aren't coming to mind right now. Oh, <laughs> Star Fox. Yeah.
1: I want both Star Fox games.
0: Here's hoping. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Like for the longest time, we were like, "Oh, hey, you should just give us GameCube uh, NSO. And now we're like, nah, give it that HD treatment. <laughs> Nintendo. So would
1: you rather have NSO GameCube or HD? Um, whereas with the NSO, it's just a, it's just a ROM dump. So like it doesn't even have full screen art support. 16 by 9. My
0: wallet would prefer the NSO <laughs> version, <laughs> but the child uh, within me and the wonder and the glee would rather have the HD remasters or the HD ports, whatever they're called. Because this is like a different playing field that we're entering. Like, I feel like we have the full remake, we have the remaster, and now we have this HD port that's just emulated, but with some improvements.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's still like a port, but it's. It's just that support.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. It makes me kind of excited. And I hope that they do this for more GameCube games and more Wii games for sure.
1: GameCube is definitely the Nintendo franchise or not franchise Nintendo system that's gotten (laughs) the least amount of ports and remakes and all that stuff. Um, Right. Maybe not. Actually, I'm sure DS is probably difficult. DS is probably up there.
0: (laughs) I don't know how they could do DS without completely remaking everything.
1: I mean, I said that about Wii U. I thought Wii U was just not going to ever see its games leave that system. And (laughs) there's not many that are stranded on that system
0: anymore. (laughs) The Wii U is just the Xenoblade Chronicles X machine at this point. (laughs) And one other. I don't know what.
1: I think it's mostly just that DS games, they would... They would require the most amount of work and there's not as much demand for them. They were kind of a product of their time.
0: Yeah, they require so much touchscreen stuff. Yeah, I mean, the only reason we got Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl and those managed to work out is because the touchscreen was hardly used anyway, (laughs) right? So it was just a Pokemon game with the same Pokemon controls and then it just had the touchscreen to interact with a couple of menus and that was it. So they could work around that. So uh, By saying that, I am not giving them a pass on how terrible those games were. (laughs) Those remakes were awful. (laughs) But I don't know if there's much else to say about this. I mean, I I think that the DS has some games that could eventually make their way over. I would love for Nintendo to actually fully remake Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks (laughs) in some way, you know? Yeah, cool? I'm still
1: waiting for Mystery Dungeon 2.
0: Yeah, Mystery Dungeon 2, yeah. That was my
1: favorite DS game. Anyway, how do we get onto DS? Like,
0: <laughs> Well, just like the, the love and the support that we're getting for all of these ports and stuff. Plus, uh, kind of talking about ports, we're getting Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon on the Switch. Or, well, I guess it's not confirmed oh, yeah. on Switch.
1: We're also getting Battle so, Kados, too. That's exciting.
0: Right, yeah. And that, that's a full remaster. From what I understand, it's not just an emulated port. So there, there's a lot coming and I, I hope that we get more. And that I guess that's where I will <laughs> end what I have to say.
1: Well, so like the last two directs have shadow dropped these remasters Two, two. It's not quite like a repeating series yet, but <laughs> if we get three or four in a row, then we, well, we could start expecting these. Right. But what, what would you say yeah. you want to be the next shadow drop? GameCube remaster or HD thousand year door thousand year door
0: Either thousand year door or prime two
1: yeah I think it's prime two for me
0: as much as I would love for prime two to get the same treatment as prime one did I don't think that's going to happen uh, Yeah. so I, I will take a prime two HD port
1: yeah I really want prime two and prime three to get to the switch as soon as possible
0: agreed because if they're going to give us prime four <laughs> before the switch is gone we'll have to see but <laughs> Like I did you hear, though, that the Nintendo president or the president of Nintendo in an investor call literally this week said that um, they are working on the next console. Finally, this is the first official confirmation we have from Nintendo that the Switch successor is coming. Yeah,
1: maybe maybe they'll announce it in the September direct and then uh, to avoid like a dip in sales for the Switch, they just lower the price of the Switch by 100 bucks
0: or so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we're getting so close right now it'll be interesting to see where things go anyway anything else i think i'm good i think i'm good too so uh that was that was kind of a fun discussion talking about pikmin 2 and then going into these ports that was that was a good good episode i think but anyway thank you so much for listening to this episode of the nintendo fusion podcast we sure appreciate you be sure to leave us a like comment review on whatever service you're using as that helps the algorithm uh recommend the show to other people so that they can find us Please be sure to check out our Discord channel by going to nintenfusion.com slash Discord, which will be me right in. But with all that said, we'll wrap things up here. And thanks for listening to our podcast. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. See ya.